Welcome to The Clickdown. I'm Dan Feller. And I'm Anna Ruiz. And today we're going to talk about mergers and acquisitions. And we know with any merger, it's it's an extremely complex activity, especially from an IT perspective. If you think about all the different types of integrations, different types of access, the security, you know, all this goes hand in hand in order to just allow these two companies to work together you know, after the acquisition. And we're going to talk about how we can make this process easier with Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop, Secure Workspace Access, as well as the app delivery controllers. So before we get into today's topics of M&A, I actually wanted to try something new, Dan. Ooh, are we going to play games like Name That Tune? Mm, not quite. Do you want 20 to... questions? <laughs> nope, but close. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so as we're coming up with topics for the different podcast episodes, there's a lot of things that are being released and a lot of things that we want to tell you guys as our listeners. So I've decided that at the beginning of every episode, we're going to do a quick tech update um, so that you guys can stay up to date of everything um, going on at Citrix. Hey, that sounds like fun. I love tech updates. I, I actually have 100 slides already. <laughs> I can imagine. Too bad that <laughs> nobody can see them. <laughs> So for the first update, um, I wanted to announce that anyone who has Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop service entitlements, um, now you have the option to seamlessly deploy DAS workloads right from within Citrix Cloud. And then uh, the update I have is, again, with the Virtual Apps and Desktop service, uh, you might be familiar with the reboot schedules, you know, being able to schedule your different VDAs and delivery groups to have reboots. Uh, there's a new capability in there now called drain mode so that when it's time for that delivery group to go into the reboot cycle, the logons are disabled. So no users are allowed to log on to those machines. And then once all users have drained off, those machines will then reboot. So pretty cool feature. Yep, that is awesome. And my last update was that last month, if you didn't hear in the news, we actually completed um, the acquisition of Reich. And Reich is a leader in the work management solutions. So I personally think this is very exciting because as we're continuing to shape the future of work, now we're going to be able to provide secure access to resources for end users, but we'll also provide them with the tools that they need um, to streamline collaboration projects, etc. You know, and the, and the Reich announcement's actually interesting because it ties perfectly well with today's topic of mergers and acquisitions. And it's a really good segue, isn't it? It's almost <laughs> like we planned that. <laughs> almost like we planned it. <laughs> you know, so you know, if you think about it, if it, let's say you acquire something, you know, let's say you buy a car or a house or a condo or whatever, um, something significant, there's a lot of stuff you have to do behind the scenes beyond this simple act of just purchasing something. Yeah, for sure. And even if you think about your, you know, just trivial life, um, when you get married, right, th there's more to just saying I do and walking down the aisle and planning the party, right? You have to think about, are you going to switch names? Are you going to join bank accounts? What are you going to do for taxes, credit cards, etc.? So, you know, every time two things get merged, that takes a lot of planning beyond mm -hmm. just the simple I do. Yeah, and that's, that's why, you know, mergers and acquisitions, although I 
it's probably safe to say that a, a marriage is more or less a merger and not an acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, M&A, it's, it's not something that can happen overnight, you know, when you start integrating these systems. You know, it's like once everything goes through, you know, it's the, you know, the, the purchase is approved. It's not like your infrastructure and all of the different security policies and all the user accounts. It's not like all these things are getting integrated overnight. It's going to take quite a bit of time to just to give these these organizations the ability to work together. And it, that's, that's a big issue. Yeah, for sure. And you also have to look at it from the security side, right? You can't just open up the floodgates and hope that, you know, you don't get any type of security breaches. So not only do you have to empower the users to be able to work as, you know, the merger is going on, but you also have to think about how can you secure the intellectual property from both companies? Yeah. And to walk us through some of the uh, ingenious ways that, you know, we can make M&A easier for organizations is one of our lead systems engineers, Brian Olson. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, Dan and Anna. Welcome. So why don't you tell us, Brian, a little bit about yourself? Um, what is it exactly that you do as a systems engineer? So yeah, as a systems engineer for Citrix, really our job is to talk to customers and help them figure out what is possible. Um, we keep an eye on what's going on with engineering. We certainly know all the solutions really well. And we talk to customers about their problems and try to put together a comprehensive solution. Yeah, and a, and a couple of weeks ago, you actually reached out to me and and about a project you were working on, um, all around M and A. And you know, of course, you know, for this conversation, we can't really tell you the company name. So let's just say, Company A is doing the buying, and Company B is doing the selling. You know, so Company A buys Company B. So I, I guess I'd like to start off, Brian. Is is what was Company A looking to achieve with this whole acquisition? Yeah. Yeah, th this was kind of an interesting one because not only was it an acquisition of, of Company B, but really it was going to be a rebrand of the whole organization. So they, they wanted to completely change the brand with the two companies combined. Um, so integration was both at the business level, the marketing level, the technical level. Um, it was really a big project. Wow. So, but, you know, so they're going to go with like a whole new, you know, company out of this out of this merger but they still will have that infrastructure in place from the two separate companies so how did they go about you know initially allowing those users from those different companies to get access to resources from the other company you know a company a user getting access to company b resources how does that even work yeah yeah so this is this really started in 2020 so when the the lockdown started happening um Company B said, we would like to get our employees access. We know that company A, that you're experts at this. You've been using Citrix for a long time. How can you enable us to allow people to work from home? And the solution that kind of jumped out was remote PC. So how can people in company B work from home, get access to their machine that's in the office and do this in a secure manner? That that's really awesome. So, from my understanding, is Company A was already a Citrix customer. Company B didn't really have that expertise, and so Company A was almost teaching them their ways of how to even get access to their own resources. Right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And you know, typically, what you would do for this is you would build a new Citrix environment in Company B. Now they're in different U.S. states um, with different infrastructure. All of the 
merging of this infrastructure is still, you know, was still going on. It's still going on. Um, but this is a quick way to take advantage of the virtual apps and desktop service and the gateway service to get people into their office PCs really quickly. So in order to do so, if they're going to use company A's virtual app and desktop infrastructure, um, it's all tied to company A's Active Directory domain, or I don't even know if it was AD, but some identity provider. And I'm guessing, you know, at this stage of the merger, they're, they haven't merged identity providers yet. I'm, I'm guessing they're still on separate ones, correct? That is correct. So how do you, how do you allow a, a user from B to use A's infrastructure when A's infrastructure is tied to a different identity provider than B is using? Yeah, that was exactly the challenge is we sat down and started talking about this and tried to come up with plans to guess where the user wanted to go. Do they want to go to their, you know, their current company's infrastructure or do they want to go to the other company's infrastructure? And how could we figure that out automatically? And the realization came that it would be very, very hard. It makes more sense to give the employee the decision um, to pick which infrastructure do you want to go to. These would be things that would make sense to them. You know, something, it would be company A or company B. So my understanding is they had two separate, it, was it URLs or, you know, how, how was the end user able to distinguish am I accessing company A versus company B? Originally, we were thinking about how many different URLs do we need for this? Do we need a company A and a company B? But, you know, big picture, what everyone wanted was just one URL. The, the final solution that we landed on was really having the Citrix ADC present them with, in this case, they chose a dropdown where you could pick company A or company B. Um, and that would allow the ADC to help connect the identity on through workspace. And then I assume from a security perspective, Brian, did they have um, some sort of like multi-factor authentication or what were they doing to, to secure that identity? Yeah, that was the other essential piece. In this case, we're talking about Okta. They are an Okta organization. They use Okta for MFA. And ideally, we wanted to use an Okta logon to do this. Were, were both companies Okta or just one of them? Just company A was. Company B is getting pulled into the to the Okta world. So that's that's like their long term um, uh, identity solution will be to move Company B over to Okta. But right now they're well, probably on Active Directory or something like that. That is correct. Yes, Active Directory for both. So then, are they how what what MFA are those users using, or is it Okta as well, like integrating AD with Okta's MFA or something else, or? So we realized that if we use the ADC and had the drop-down menu, we could send them on to Okta and connect with the right Okta identity. Technically, there's a couple of Okta identities in the background. Um, users don't need to know about that, but we would pick the right one depending on where they want it to go. So the the uh, um, I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to uh, think about the architecture of this whole thing. Um, cause I, I, it sounds like the biggest aspect of this is just the whole initial authentication using Citrix ADC. Now, since they're using Okta for the identity provider on the backend, where do you, 
where are you physically putting the ADCs? Um, yeah, that was definitely a, a conversation that we had. So does it make sense to be in company A or company B? How do we make the decision? Um, in this case, they were also a big public cloud customer. So um, once the cloud architecture team saw this, they said, oh, this makes perfect sense. We want to keep this in public cloud, um, kind of extrapolating it out of either data center. You know, the 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 uh, on the identity piece, since it's all Okta, how do you, you know, so I know you initially said that, you know, they're going to be logging into using remote PC access to get to their Windows PCs, which Windows PCs require Active Directory authentication. So if they're using Okta, how do you go about translating an Okta ID to a Windows Active Directory ID? So, or are the users forced to authenticate multiple times? Yeah, great question. This is really the sticking point of the whole solution. When you have an Okta account and you are syncing it from an Okta directory, it's a one-to-one -one relationship. So maybe you have an Okta account that's synced from you know, company A or from company B. We need to make sure that if you're going to land in company A, that you get connected to the Okta identity from company A. And so how are we able to, to do that? Like what what was the technology that allowed us to do that? Okay, so on the ADC, we're able to present that logic where you pick, do you want company A or company B? Um, and then from there, it's gonna send you on to Okta to authenticate. And then from Okta, it's going to connect you to Citrix Federated Authentication Services to map that Okta identity back to Active Directory, thus completing the circle. Okay, so that's how that's how you translate the Okta over to the the uh, Active Directory is using the uh, federated federated authentication service, which you know we use virtual smart cards and and ties all these things together with a couple different you know unique parameters associated between AD accounts and synced over to Okta. Okay. And then Brian, what types of applications were these end users accessing? Was it only traditional Windows apps? Were you know was the strategy also to provide like internal web apps and or what was that strategy? Yeah, ultimately it's going to be all of the above. So traditional virtualized Windows apps, um, they have a very successful VDI deployment um, that's continuing to grow, and then web and SaaS apps, of course, are are very important. No, that's great. Um, and kind of through this whole process, Brian, what were you know some of the gotchas that maybe you originally didn't think of, or you know the company A or company B didn't think of that you're like, wow, you know, I wish I would have known this at the beginning. Well, <laughs> honestly, that we would come up with a solution that would work so well. Um, we had a long list of objectives. We had security objectives. We had um, objectives from the business. And we were trying to hit as many of them as we could. We didn't think that we would be able to meet everybody's objectives and provide a good user experience. Um, so the light at the end of the tunnel would have been great to know when we started this. No, that's awesome. So from the sounds of it, they use Citrix Workspace. They utilize Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop Service. They use Citrix ADC, and then they utilize uh, the federated authentication service to be able to, to do that translation. Was there anything else or any other Citrix technology as a part of this architecture that we haven't talked about, Brian? No, that, that's the complete picture.
That's awesome. That is an awesome use case. Yeah, it really was. It, it was really exciting because when they ran it through the security review, the security team was was really excited about it because it got rid of some prior methods they use using Radius for authentication. Um, the security team liked that. Um, it also made the cloud team happy and the overall user experience was great. But the thing that really got everyone excited is that this sets them up for company C down the road. We can use the same blueprint, easily integrate them in. Uh, that That's what... You know, that's what really I, I think is the huge strategy there is is this isn't just a one-time thing. So if this company is looking to do a lot more acquisitions in the future, they don't have to re-architect this whole solution. They already have that blueprint of what they can just follow over and over again. And I mean, you can just do this however many times you need. Yeah, and they certainly will. No, that's awesome. And and the great thing is that, like you said, from the end user side, it's simple, it's intuitive, but also from the security side, it's an easy way um, and a great and secure way for, for both companies to get access to each other's resources. So, Absolutely. So with that, Anna, should we, uh, should we open this up to the uh, five speed round questions for Brian? Let's do it. First one, what is your favorite Citrix technology? My favorite Citrix technology is is Citrix Workspace. Um, there's a lot of capabilities in Workspace. Um, this whole conversation we had today, um, Workspace was the thing that unified everything together. Um, and that's what I'm most excited about these days. So kind of hand in hand with that is, what's what do you think is the most overlooked Citrix technology? <laughs> um, so Citrix Federated Authentication Service, Citrix FAS, you hear people talk about it. Um, I'm a big believer because I, I know that it can solve a lot of problems and it also can really simplify things for users. So that's why I'm excited about that. Cool. What is the best thing that happened to you in 2020? The best thing that happened to me in 2020 is uh, we welcomed a daughter into our life just mm-hmm. before the lockdown happened. <laughs> that's <Wow>. awesome. <laughs> And then uh, we'll have a little fun here. If We'll see what you have. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done on the job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, I'm not really going to hesitate here to think about, to find one. It's more to narrow it down. So the dumbest thing I ever did on the job <laughs> was very early in my career. Um, back when you would have a servers inside of like your office space, mm-hmm. uh, somebody was visiting me and I went to show them like, this is a server and this runs, you know, at the time it was just files and printing. And as I was pointing to it, I hit the power button <laughs> and I turned off the server. <laughs> That's awesome. And then last, but certainly not least of our speed round questions, who is your favorite host for this podcast? well without a doubt it's anna yes one for me zero for you dan (laughs) i'll remember that all righty well brian we want to thank you for coming on the click down this has been a blast and very informative so thanks for for joining us today thank you so much for having me yeah, so and I, I think before we we wrap up, you know, and end this one, um, you know, I, I I think it's a really interesting concept of using workspace, the ADC, 
and you know virtual apps and desktops you know with the federal authentication service to ho- do this whole merges and acquisition strategy for really any organization yeah for sure and i think you know especially in in today's world a lot of people go through this right and so having this blueprint and having knowing that other customers have done this successfully i think will be very useful for our other listeners yeah and one 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 thing we didn't touch on during this was, you know, it, it was really focused on the whole virtual app and desktop, you know, remote PC was, you know, one of the main drivers for the, you know, initial, initial integration aspect. Um, but I think it's also worth noting that it's not just for a virtual app or virtual desktop, you know, so if you had an, a private web app, you could extend this to incorporate that with the whole secure workspace access and, and everything we talked about in this episode would still be applicable to the whole uh, private web app scenario. Yeah, for sure. That is that is a great point. And Dan, just like with our other episodes, we're going to be including some resources if you want to learn more, including a reference architecture that Mr. Feller has created on how to use Citrix for mergers and acquisitions. <laughs>